The stars at night are big and bright. Deep in the heart of hockey. I'm Carolyn. And I'm Marin. And this is Deep in the Heart of Hockey, a Dallas Stars fancy stats and general shenanigans podcast. I like to concentrate on the shenanigans. It is November 16th. And this is our 43rd podcast. 40, 44th. We, 40, even, we even looked it up. We did look it up, and I said it wrong. It is our 44th it podcast. It is our 44th podcast. <laughs> oh. Nachushkin plus one. Nachushkin plus one, I guess. I should Should I, I should just start drinking right now. Uh, well, I mean, you've already had one sip, right? No, I haven't even had a single sip. Oh, here we go. Do we need to clink on this? All right. That was a good clink. That was a good clink. Um, I guess that's an appropriate intro for our very first topic. <laughs> Fine, no, wait, no. I need to drink the whole beer before we talk about this. I'm just going to shotgun it real quick. Yeah, can right. you shotgun a bottle? I don't think you can. You should not probably try and shotgun a bottle of beer. A bottle of porter. <laughs> let's, not, let's, not podcast. let's not podcast. Let's not shotgun a bottle of porter. Um, so the Dallas Stars, our record is bad. <laughs> Are in a playoff spot. <laughs> because everybody else is also imploding, but worse than us. They're not even making it to OT. Our record is bad. We are 6 6 and 5. It's bad. That's bad. I know. The only way it would be worse is if it was 6 6 and 6. I mean, we've got a game coming up tomorrow night. <laughs> never say never. Although Cody Eakin should be back for that game. Small mercies. I mean, so, and it's kind of funny, like, funny, bad, funny, good. I don't really know. Like, we should not have gotten a point last night. Let's just put it that way. Like, I watched the game against the I wasn't the actually watching it. I was over at my brother's. We were watching Once Upon a Time instead. I would actually probably rather have been watching that game. Uh, we were trash. Like, the, the devils... Without Camilleri and without Taylor Hall, who is having knee sur- who had knee surgery today, mm-hmm. completely trounced us. What? But did they trounce us though? Because I thought they won two to one. They did. We, but I mean, they were out shooting us, out possessing the puck. They were all over us. Like we played like garbage. So how did we even keep it within one goal? Niemi was actually really good. Damn. That's impressive. And 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 to the stars' credit, what they are doing currently is they are doing a really good job of limiting um, close-in chances, mm-hmm. the high danger stuff. Um, wait, just last night because they weren't doing that last week. They have been as a for the season, so they have been as a longer term, and they did last night for sure. Okay, because I was looking at the. I mean, like. I'm mostly just looking at Owen Newkirk's um, unofficial, like, quality chances thing that he does, where he, like, looks at what, how many shots are in close, um, and the stars have been giving up a lot, but, like, I don't know how that compares to well, so first actual, like, numbers, and I also don't know how that compares to, like, what they were doing last year. Yeah, so the difference also, too, is that... Um, he uses all situation stuff, whereas I tend to look at five on five. Mm-hmm. So if you take a lot of penalties, you're going to give up more close in just because it's harder to sure. kill. And that's why people don't actually usually look at all situation stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's 
got a lot of randomness and noise in there. So what you're saying is that 5v5... Yeah, no, 5v5... Danger close. Yeah, 5v5 high danger shots, we are actually doing quite surprisingly well. Like last year, we were not good. No, and I know we weren't. And this year, we are we have cut down the amount per sixty by a significant amount. And but what the way they're doing it is ugly. Because what's happening is we're really letting the perimeter go uncontested, and those pucks on the perimeter go uncontested, and they're just shooting, and then it bounces back, and they're shooting, and then it bounces back because we've got so many people clogging the slot. To try and st- get things, you know, stop things from coming okay, through. Okay, so I think we should stop doing that because I feel like what's happening is that we're just losing the possession battle every night and we're never going to actually win if we keep losing the possession battle. Well, that is what's happening. <laughs> I know, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. I would rather us give up more, like, high danger chances and, like, actually possess the puck more than us just, like, I mean, because basically that just sounds like all we're doing is playing Nashville style. I don't want to emulate Nashville style. We're playing Colorado style. Oh, that's so, that's grosser. Oh, God damn. Why? Why are we doing this? Well, because we have Lori Korpakoski on the top line. That's why we're doing this. Listen, Lori Korpakoski was on a three-game point streak. He had a 100% shooting percentage. I know. And a three-game point streak. (laughs) Goal streak. He had a three-game goal streak. Sorry, that's what I meant. A three-game goal streak. (laughs) I I wrote about it. I should have remembered that it was goal on that point. But anyway. So, but... He's not a top liar. That's how I feel right now. Is I completely like, understand. I just like I, right. People ask me about the stars, and I just like have to like kind of trail off in the middle of the sentence. Listen, <laughs> somebody requested that I go on their podcast on Saturday and talk about the stars week, and I was like, "Is it cool if I just incoherently scream for fifteen minutes?" Because like that's really how I feel about the stars week so far. Is just. What are you doing? I mean, it's... And and I was saying this on Twitter after the game last night. It's so frustrating to watch this season because... We know... (laughs) (laughs) Because we know what this team is capable of when we've got the right pieces. And I don't even think that some of the changes that a lot of people are trying to blame this on, like having... Losing Goligoski and Demers and... um, whoever that third guy was on defense, and I don't remember now. Russell. I, I guess. <laughs> like, wait, what? Who are you? Trevor Daly? Like, who do you mean? <laughs> yeah, no, like, like, but a lot of people are trying to blame it on the fact that, like, the defense isn't good, or the defense isn't looking connected. The defense is the same as it's always been with different people, and Klingberg imploding. That's the biggest difference, which is that Klingberg is imploding. Klingberg is imploding, which we have a topic on that. Yes. But, like, I don't feel like that's even really the main contributor. The problem is that even when you get the guys who are actually playing solid hockey, like in Oduya and Johns, when they're trying to get the pucks up the ice, there's fucking no one there to take them. <laughs> <laughs> I know. The, and we, we, we talked about this last, po- last podcast, because the real problem with the defense is that there's no offense. Yeah. Like, that's the real problem with the defense, is that when they're trying to get the move the pucks forward, there's no one there. Because it's, I mean, and that's... Not being fair to some of the forwards who are there, but it's it's a problem. Like even even though the defensive core is what the defensive core is, and there's nobody injured on the defensive core, the forward core being as fucking riddled with injuries as it does definitely has an effect. Mm-hmm. You, it's not like a vacuum here. 
They're not their own separate thing. It's as everyone tries to tell me all the time, hockey is a team sport. <laughs> and everybody on the team has to be contributing in the same level for success to happen. I think Erin, uh, um, who uh, is over on Defending Big D staff as well, she made a really... I like that she just referred to me as staff. Yeah, well, you, that's what you are. I know. I don't um, She made a really good point last night that they look like a team that hasn't ever practiced together. <laughs> well, you know Eves is not even practicing with the team right now, right? Yes, no. And they aren't... They are a team that has never practiced yeah. together because they can't even go a single fucking day with one with everybody there. I know. That's what it is. And it's, even though they have Eakin coming back, I don't know if you saw this today, but even though they have Eakin coming back, they're not going to be able to practice because Lindy Ruff is making the next couple of practices um, optional. Yeah. And, and, and while I don't disagree that that's a good idea in this point of the time because they've got a lot of very you know tense games coming up and a lot of travel that they just got back from and stuff like that and you need a lot of rest in the Mm -hmm. nhl like i i firmly believe that rest is important Uh uh-huh but like until they get everybody back that they're gonna get back sharp eakin um who's the third one out that spezza well no he's hoodler 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 who we have a question about it fuck is up with that dude i don't know i'm 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 a little seriously concerned. i know i am too i really honestly am seriously concerned i'm gonna, I'm gonna move this question up because we, we are bro- broaching the topic okay okay is yuri hoodler c asks is yuri hoodler actually a zombie and how long before the rest of the team succumbs okay so my my answer to that is at this point i am fielding all possible suggestions <laughs> because it honestly something is like the fact that they have not even been able to diagnose it here's my like honestly like i i'm 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 a little like internally freaking out about it like about his health uh-huh. because like that's not a good thing uh uh-uh. when they can't diagnose what's wrong with you and you literally it can't, can't go about your daily life because of it. It's not good. And I, I recently had a friend, actually, who was in the hospital for quite some time um, with typhoid. Holy shit. Typhoid in 2016. Well, you know, in the year of our Lord 2016, people still die of the bubonic plague. I did not know that, but... Oh, people still die of the bubonic plague in the year of our Lord 2016. So it happens. I'm not saying that's what Hoodler has because he probably would have already died of the bubonic plague, but he could certainly have typhoid, I suppose. And there are ants in the world that can, or there there is a fungus that is reanimating insects. Did you know that? Yeah, there's an actual like zombie fungus in like some rainforest. It's like reanimating ants and like making it go do their business. Like it takes over their. Well, their so nervous system. The cases of <clears throat> bubonic plague that have happened. You guys can Google this. I Googled it. It's real. The cases of bubonic plague that have happened are, like, it's from, this is not a joke, groundhogs. Groundhogs that get the bubonic plague and then spread it to people. I just had a thought. Yuri Hoodler is new to Texas. Yes. Maybe he doesn't know about the armadillo leprosy thing. Oh. Uh... Maybe he has leprosy. God. You, you don't think they'd be able to diagnose that? That still happens in this day and age. Maybe. I'm just saying. Maybe. 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 I don't know. Um, 
We haven't heard of reports of his death, though, so zombieism is unlikely. I mean, but what if he died and reanimated away from the rink? I mean, wouldn't his wife know? Is he married? He definitely has a significant other. Okay. Um, what if she's... Yeah, she's pregnant! What if she's there also a zombie? Be, there is going to be a baby. Oh, shit. No, I hope she's not a zombie. And he has two, like, French bulldogs. Well, I hope he's not a zombie. Listen, if he's a zombie, I really don't feel like there's any danger of the rest of the team succumbing, because I feel like Tyler Sagan is on top of that shit. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. The guys that play video games and are stoners are the ones that are going to lead us in the new coming revolution. That is absolutely Tyler Sagan's, like, claim to fame. There you go. He is going to lead the zombie revolution. The zombie resistance. Resistance revolution. You know what I meant. He is going to he is going to be a hot commodity in the post-apocalyptic zombie world. There you go. Anybody who has ever played any Left 4 Dead game is definitely going to be. <laughs> it's kind of like World War Z. Like the people that are the most out there and ridiculous are the ones that are suddenly going to be like leading the charge. You, you're randomly really into edible flowers. I bet you're useful. <laughs> <laughs> Me, I'm like, I don't have any marketable skills in a post-apocalyptic world. I can answer your telephone. I'm really good at conflict resolution. That's actually really marketable. Actually, that is very marketable. Damn, I'm good. I got this. I have got this. Hire me for your post-apocalyptic uh, commune because I can resolve all of your problems. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm just good at data, and that's probably not very useful in a... I can cook. Well, I mean, but mm. I think that... I feel like you would be good at projections, though. Data projections? If, you, if we have, like, yeah, we but... have this much grain, we need this much grain for this amount of time. Ooh, that is true. See? I can work a word problem. What? We have got this. We are useful in the zombie apocalypse. But that said, I really hope that your Hitler gets better soon. <laughs> and is not a zombie. And is not a zombie. But we have plans, in case. Yeah. Uh, topic 1B, considering we are still on the why our record is bad. Why? We gotta... What the hell is up with all these overtime losses? I mean, okay. So, if you've got Klingberg absolutely imploding. Which we do. Which we do. You've got, I mean, a bunch of fuck all happening for the rest of our defense. Not actually, but like, if he's supposed to be our top line, you know, three person team and he's imploding, what do you go to after that? Jordy Ben? Johnny Oduya? Steven Johns. Steven Johns, which they're all serviceable, but they don't have, like, well, I don't know about Johnny Oduya because I don't know about his numbers, but. I know Steven Johns is only in his, like, what, 30th game at this point? Yeah, something like that. And Jordy Ben, as much as I love him, like, a three-person strike team, is that really a strength? (laughs) In the zombie apocalypse, yes! (laughs) (laughs) That man can build a fire! He will, like, take out a bear! He has experience with bears! (laughs) That sounded weird. You know what I meant. <laughs> we did mean actual... I meant actual bears. <laughs> In Swedish. Rawr! Bjorn. That, that is... makes sense. That makes sense a lot. Does it? I don't know. Does it make sense? Um, Based on Viking <laughs> stories that I have read. Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. <laughs> um... I mean, it's not even the... I, I mean, I, yes. So I think 
to Klingberg since this is a large part of I think of the I agree a large part of the three on three story. How do you spell Bjorn? Uh, B J O umlaut R N. Hmm. Bjorn yeah, still makes sense. Anyway, back to back to Klingberg. Um, I have not so much Bay anymore. I have not learned the Swedish word for fairy prince. Um, How dare you? Right? It's not in the vocab. We can probably Google Translate that shit. I, what I, I just... There's so... Okay. <laughs> <laughs> this again. To me, it's... I feel like he has actually been a little better recently. But what concerns me is that he's losing parts of his game that had nothing to do with his partners. Right. <coughs> that also is of concern to me as well. Like, shooting. Yes. He is entirely in control over his own ability to shoot the puck. And yet he's not doing it. Um, like, his skating. Like, he's never been, like, the super fastest skater ever, but he's a good skater and he's a very smooth and agile skater but for some reason he can't move the same like he's not moving the same way and I don't know if it's because he's not anticipating things well anymore because he doesn't know who he's playing with which I think does still have a large part to do with it but at the same time it's just like you're moving and he's moving entirely different than I'm That's used to really boring well, that is really boring I'm choosing to not Pay attention to it. Um, I'm sure there are, are ways to make it sound not boring. If, you, if a- you know Swedish, please tell us what the Swedish for fairy prince is. Because Google Translate says fey prince, and that's boring. And I don't even know how to pronounce it, because... It's F-E-P-R-I-N-S. Boring. Boring. I mean, not that Swedish is a boring language, just that particular thing is boring. Right. Anyway, I, I'm just... Like, what has, like, what has happened? Like, and also, not necessarily congruent with having not a regular partner at this point in time, his hockey sense seems to also, like, he makes some bizarre-ass decisions on who he's covering, where he's going, and some of that, yes, will have to do with your partner. Yeah. Uh, But, and trusting your partner, being able to trust your partner, knowing where your partner is at all times and all of that. Some of it is like, what, what? But why? And some of it is just, like, bizarre. Like, I feel like, and maybe I'm just sensitive because they're my team, but I feel like the stars is a as a whole, and Klingberg as a large part of it, have just been fighting the puck the last couple of games. They've been very struggly. And it's, like, not, it's not just, pa- it's just, like, not even passes, right? Like, when you're, ha- but, like, they'll, like, try to glove it down, and then it'll just go the opposite direction. Well... There was also the problem last night. If you're talking specifically about quality of ice last night, too, and, like, how struggle bussy they might have looked trying to handle the puck, the last week, one of the reasons they went on that extended extended road trip is that the um, fair has been... the the So the rodeo has been in town. Okay. So that all of the ice for the last week has been under a layer of dirt. So that probably contributed a lot last night, but I also... I no, mean, I, yeah, it's not I, the only reason. It can't be the only reason. I, can't, I feel like I feel like I felt this way during the Canucks game. Yeah. 
I feel, uh, no, I agree. I agree. They've been struggle bestie for a while, uh, fighting the puck it's instead of working weird. with it. It is. I completely agree. I would just, you know, that might have been a contributing factor last night. Anyway, I he has been at least with Ham Hughes. Hey, good job. Uh, Ham Hughes for the last three games now, and I feel like they haven't been underwater. Um, or at least they, the stars were obviously not. Um, lost the Corsi battle last night. but they, Again. But the Klingberg-Hamhuis pairing was better than the stars. Better than the uh, Lindell-Klingberg <coughs> pairing? Of a it was couple. better than the Lindell-Klingberg pairing. And and was better than the team average last night. So they were at least helping rather than hurting. Right. Um, which, you know, you, it's hard to say when you have a 45% fucking Corsi. Yeah. yeah. No, I know. I know. Yeah, so so I think maybe we're kind of starting to right the bus, right the ship a little bit there. Right um, the bus. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Like, no, I know. So I think I think maybe hopefully we're we're coming on the upswing. One can only hope. Do you want to address this question that sure. was relating to Klingberg? So Laura asks, what happened to Klingberg? We don't really know. Um, but she also asks... Is it really better to carry 8D and use one at forward? Like, we had to do that a couple of times. No, it's not better to use one at forward. That was definitely a desperation move because we didn't have... Okay, so the first night was a desperation move because Justin Dowling had played three nights in a row and they didn't want to play him a fourth night in a row. Mm -hmm. Um, And the thing about Nemeth at forward was that it was... The first night was not a disaster. Nope. He actually... It, wor- it worked out really well, which is why the next game, they kept Nemeth at forward, because Lindy Ruff has proven time and time again that if a thing is working, he likes to stick with it. And Nemeth at forward that first night was very good. Obviously, it didn't work as well the next night. Um, so that is why they didn't keep him at forward. <laughs> um, but no, the we're carrying 8D because Lindy Ruff likes to have depth, and he, there's really not a lot that Nil can do with our... Defensive depth at this moment in time because nobody wants them. But um, that's why we're carrying 8D. Well, that and they don't want to send Lindell back to the AHL, even though he wouldn't need waivers. Which I think is a little weird, especially if they're going to keep him in the press box. Yes. He doesn't need waivers. So, like... Okay, like why is he sitting there? Yeah. We don't need him up all the time. Well, that's true. I don't know why they're not sending him back. Um, I understand why we're not sending Alexiak or Nemeth back because they are worried about waivers. Here's though, here though, Dylan McElrath went through waivers just fine, mm-hmm. and he is basically the same exact player that Jamie Alexiak is. Is he though? Because he's had success with with uh, with with a different pairings before where I feel like Alexiak has been nothing but a disappointment the whole time. Well, that's even a better argument. Like, or, no one, no one claims. No, I don't, no, I don't think anybody's gonna claim Alexiak and I don't know why we're fighting this battle to keep him up. I don't get it. But I'm saying, I, I, I wouldn't necessarily call them like a one-for-one one, like they are exactly the same player. I would say they're more similar than not similar. I mean, yeah. They're definitely, like, fringe players, for sure. Well, and so, and McElrath is also known as a big guy. He's also been, you know, known as the guy who's supposed to throw his weight around. 
that sort of thing. He's six five, two something, you know. Yeah, he's big. Um, um, he when it, he is the only reason I know anything about Dolan McElrath is that he's the, the favorite player of one of my friends. Mm-hmm. Um, for reasons I've never actually asked. And now he's on the Panthers. Well, she likes the Panthers, so she's okay with that. That's good. He is 6'5", 236 pounds. Yeah, so he's slightly smaller than Jamie Alexiak, but has similar expectations of what he will do with that size. Um, so one other interesting development that came out later this afternoon. So, for a while, the NHL has been debating the merits of going to the Olympics in Pyeongchang. And the GMs and owners were meeting... I don't know if it's actually both or it was just the GMs, met this past week, and we're talking about that. And one specific um, potential resolution that they have come up with would be the NHL and the NHLPA agreeing to extend the current CBA, so the current bargaining agreement they are under, for a currently undefined amount of time, uh, in exchange for the NHL signing off on sending the players to the Olympics with kind of no reservation type things. Because they are very seriously considering of pulling out of Pyeongchang. This is something we have talked a little bit about We have. We talked about it when the World Cup of Hockey was happening and neither one of us really cared. Mm -hmm. We still don't. I still don't. I don't. Did players play in that? I mean, who won? I don't know. Well, we lost. Hemsky. Yeah, that's true. We did lose Hemsky. We don't know who played in it, but the Dallas Stars lost. Yeah. Um, what are your thoughts? How do you feel about this idea? I feel like it is a way for the owners, and I saw this expressed on Twitter, so this is not an idea that is originating in my own mind. I want to give credit where credit is due. But I feel like it is a way for the owners to blame the players, or to place blame on players if the if like when the next lockout happens basically because you know they asked for it kind of a thing they wanted to go to the olympics blah 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 like yeah i just feel like it's another way for them to like st- like i feel like it's another way for them to stick it to players um i don't really p- like tying those two things together yeah um not at all uh i think that they are very they're just dis- like they're I don't feel I, I I don't like it. I don't like it. I don't like it. It it honestly it feels really dishonest to me. It does. Yeah. It absolutely does. It feels very slimy. Yes. Yes, that's the word. It feels like a thing Donald Trump would do. <laughs> I don't even know if Donald Trump would be smart enough to try and do Donald it. Trump doesn't give a shit about hockey. I'm just saying he would try it. I don't know, like, I don't even know if he would think about it. He would just not go and say, We're not going to the Olympics and he, fuck you. He would let somebody else think about it. And then he would take credit for the idea. That's what would happen. And then when it back, like, blew up in his face, he would blame the person whose idea it really was. That's exactly what would happen. Good job on parsing that out. Um, You're welcome. My other thing is I don't, I really don't like the idea of the NHLPA giving up their ability to renegotiate for the next I think the guess was three years. Yeah. Or extending no. it because the initial, the the first time you can get the lockout, um, you can, the first time you can have, get out of this agreement is in 2020. And um, we would have to know, the players union would have to notify the NHL in 2019 that that was the plan. 
And so they will have to know, they'll have to decide within the next three years currently whether if they want to, you know, cut, drop dead on this CBA and, you know, go to the bargaining table. And the Winter Olympics are in 2018, right? Correct. Okay. So basically what they would be saying is we're okay with the way things are status quo for three more years just to go to the Olympics in 2018. When there is an actual, there is still a quite a good chance once, once NBC, once other sponsors weigh in, that the NHL is going to be required to send their players to, to Pyeongchang anyway. Yeah. And so... Also, it feels like it's also making them, like, forcing the them to make a decision early anyway. If they have until 2019 to think about it now. Yeah. And they're saying, no, you have to decide by 2017? Really? For, like, to prepare for the Olympics? Yeah. Because you can't... I mean, like, you can pull that shit four months before the Olympics, but you don't really... And, like, they happen in 2018, but they happen in January of 2018. hmm So we're talking, like, next summer they have to make a decision. Yeah. That's shitty. Yeah. I, I really don't like it. I don't... <clears throat> I'm sure the current CBA is better than the old CBA. I haven't read them side by side or anything. I haven't either. But what it it doesn't mean that the next CBA won't be better. And I think giving up the idea that, like, because it's not good, like, because it never comes out really, really great for the players, giving up the idea that it could come out better for the players by renegotiating is just, yeah, is it's just defeatist to me. And I don't, I don't support that. We are uh, in agreement on this one. (laughs) So hopefully, uh, topic number four is a little bit happier. So it's, this is going to be our last podcast before Thanksgiving. Woo. So we were going to, talk about what we are thankful for. Like, is this all hockey related or can it be anything related? It can be anything related. Okay, so I recently had two new babies born into my family and I am very thankful that they every, everything was healthy, like happy, healthy. They're really adorable and great and doing great and um, one of them was our first girl in this Yay! generation. So it's very exciting to have a little girl in the family now too. So... I'm going to teach her all about hockey. It's going to be great. Yay! Hockey is the girls thing. Yeah. Girls night hockey. Girls night hockey. It's going to be fun. Um, I mean, I my, I'm taking my nephew to his first hockey game this season, too, so it's going to be great. My old nephew, yeah. Uh, I am thankful for all of my friends because I've been having a really hard year, and I've leaned on them a lot, and they have been pretty spectacular. And I'm also thankful that Cody Eakin's coming back because God knows my team needs some I'm thankful that Jamie Ben like, got rid of his scoring drought and that's working again. I'm uh, thankful for the digital downloads portion of the library because holy crap, I really like the library again. Libraries are great. I love the li- I love the library. Don't get me wrong, but like what I didn't love was checking a book out, not really feeling reading it, forgetting to read it, losing it, then getting a late fee, which <laughs> happened to me literally all the time. Even when I read it, I would lose it and still incur a late fee. So I really love having digital stuff because they just take it away from you when you're not done with it, and it's like, <laughs> oh, all right, well, that's fine. I was not going to finish that anyway. Or when you are done with it, and you're like, all right, well, that was good. Mark it on my red list, and it'll disappear when it's done. Uh, I'm thankful for Lin-Manuel Miranda. Oh my god, me too. Because... And the mixtape. 
the Hamilton mixtape means that I actually have a thing to put on my Christmas list when somebody asks me. Nice. I've already purchased it. See, I'm waiting because I was like, no, I actually can tell somebody I want something for Christmas, which never happens. Um, Uh, How do you listen to music? Like, well, I would put it in my car, which only oh, you want a, a CD? Yeah, so I can so I can listen that to it in so my car. Weird. It's broken. CDs are weird. I my aux cable input is broken. Oh, I can't. Yeah, I get it. I'm CDs are weird. They're they are old fangled. Old fangled. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> they are definitely old fangled. Uh, but I'm thankful for that, and I'm pretty stoked about seeing Moana. Oh, yeah. That, that comes out this month, too. Yeah, we're going to go the, the week after Thanksgiving. Very excited about that. Oh, I am thankful that um, I had the movie weekend last weekend, and because I went and saw Arrival, which was flipping amazing on opening night, I got a free pizza from the Alamo Victory Club. Baller. So when we go see Moana, I'm going to get a pizza, and it is going to be free. Free pizza is the best pizza. It tastes the most delicious. Also, they have this new chorizo ba- like pizza. Oh, I do like chorizo. It's really good. I am thankful for pork products in all of their forms. I am too. <laughs> I really love. Oh, I'm also thankful for our Kirby Lane plans. Oh yeah, we're doing brunch. We're doing well. Well, it's dinner. Brinner, it's dunch. Midday bruncheon type we're stuff. Eating, we're, we're eating Eggs Benedict at 3 p.m. Because we're adults and we <clears> can <throat> do that. Fuck yeah. Call it what you like. Um, I'm also, I'm really thankful for, I mean, it's no secret. If you follow us on Twitter, you know that both of us are very upset about the election results. We're going to talk about that a little bit later, too. But I'm really thankful for the community that I have on Twitter uh, especially because everybody in my family is Republican except for two of them. And um, so I don't really have a family unit that I can go to and talk to about the election and how scared the election makes me because, or when I do, I just get pushed back about it. Yeah. So I do, I do try to talk to them still, but it's, it's a very stressful fucking thing. I'm very, I'm, I, I love Thanksgiving, but I'm also not really looking forward to it this year. But I'm really thankful for the community that I've, that I've built on Twitter and the people that I can talk to about stuff. And even if people disagree with me, the way that, you know, the times that people who have disagreed with me have talked to me and it's been a good conversation and not just, like, talking to a brick wall. Because mm-hmm. that has also happened. And those people, I don't know what to tell you. Like, all you're doing is repeating the same stupid stuff. But I am really grateful for the friends that I have on, on Twitter that have not necessarily made this election feel better because there's no making this election feel better, but have at least helped me not feel as powerless and sad in the wake of it. That I that they are so big about giving you concrete ways to combat it, to fight, to continue to raise awareness about issues, to, like, who to help, who to send money to, what to do about these kinds of things, that at least make me feel proactive instead of reactive in the wake of what I feel is probably the darkest hour of American history. Yeah. Not including slavery. In recent American history. Recent American history. Like, at least since the 60s. Yes. (laughs) Yes. This is a two steps back kind of situation, and we are going to do our best that we can Yes, to fight that, to keep moving forward, which I think brings us to reader questions, because yes. we do have one that actually deals with the election, and Marin has to read it from an email. 
This is an email that we received from a friend of the podcast and on Twitter, Emma. Uh, Maybe everyone is sick of talking about the election, but I found myself really genuinely angry when I found out how many NHL players not only were Trump supporters, but who also posted vile, sexist stuff about Hillary Clinton on social media in the lead-up to the election. On the one hand, I get that their political views are their own business and are separate from their hockey skills, but on the other, they put it out there for the world to see. I'm still angry and I'm finding it difficult to support these players now, including a couple associated with the stars, like at least one guy whose jersey I own. It goes beyond my fave is problematic and bleeds into my fave is a misogynistic douche canoe. I'm feeling kind of lost right now, to be honest. Any advice on how to handle this as a fan? And what I can tell you, Emma, is that we, Carolyn and I obviously used to be Blackhawks fans. Like, we talked about, we've talked about that before, um, that we, when we first got into hockey, supported the Blackhawks, kind of came to the stars a little later in the game, um, and we're, we're rooting for them when they won in 2015. Yeah, we were definitely both. We both, both of us. Both of us were wearing our Blackhawks gear, screaming when they won. That was before I burned all my Blackhawks gear. Um, it was before the Kane. Yeah, it was before the it was before the, the Patrick Kane instance. Um, so we we went through Patrick Kane is what basically what I'm saying. And the way that I dealt with it um, was <laughs> was to distance my false self from the the Blackhawks completely. Um, I I. Like I said, burned my shirts. I threw away my jersey. I um, literally burned my shirts. There's video on the internet of me burning my shirts. Um, and uh, basically kind of wrote the Blackhawks off as an organization because I was so disgusted with the way that they had dealt with that. Um, I will... Actual sexual assault is different from supporting a candidate. But the ideas that were expressed by Trump and that have been expressed by players that I have seen are the rape culture that leads to actual sexual assault. So I feel like that, like I can talk about the two as related because I feel that they are related. And I feel that if you, um, if you aren't, I feel like if you're a human being, you shouldn't have to separate somebody's skills with somebody's personality. Um, and that if players are going to be, human beings that we support with our time, our money, and our resources, and our energy, and our feelings, we have to be able to accept all of a player. Mm-hmm. Um, and I understand why you are upset with the star players that have supported Trump, especially ones whose jersey you have. Um, I I haven't experienced that with um, the stars. I only have Jamie Ben's jersey, so I, I only have Klingberg. Yeah. Um. So I haven't I haven't had quite the same experience. And I have Klingberg's and Jamie Ben's. I should say that. Um. But I I honestly at this point don't really know what to tell you for how to make yourself feel better and how how to move forward with this because I feel like it's a line in the sand that you have to draw for yourself. Mm-hmm. Um. It's a it's something that you have to think about what you're comfortable with. Yep. Um, I know plenty of people who still watch the Blackhawks but don't support Patrick Kane. Um, don't don't accept that you know the basically the write off explanation of what happened, um, and that still fight to raise awareness about that. And if that's the way that you want to move forward with supporting the stars, is supporting the stars and not supporting 
those particular players, um, I, I would support you in any way that you decide to do that because that's basically what I'm going to be doing. Um, I think, I think for me, a lot of the difference though, between the Blackhawks situation and, and the Trump supporters is that it was very clearly the Blackhawks organization yes, as a whole that reacted, very was, badly. that reacted in an entirely inappropriate manner that I cannot support. Whereas this is very, very clearly the opinions of one or two people. Right. And while the other, uh, while I'm sure there are members there of the rest of the stars organization that we don't know about who voted for Trump. Um, or couldn't vote because they're Canadian, but also but also support Trump, right? Um, and his his I don't even want to call them views, like but support Trump and whatever the fucking filth he is spewing. Can you really call them views if he doesn't understand his own political platform? No. And I use political platform in quotes because I don't think that he has what he call what could anyone could call a platform. So for me, there is a very different, very big difference there, and and. To be fair, I was very relieved when I found out that Jamie Benn and John Klingberg, two guys that I do own jerseys for, were not supporting him yeah. in this in this election, regardless of whether or not either one could vote. Right. And um, so I, I kind of get that that like heart clenchy feeling, but the problem really becomes then: Are you not going to be if if you're going to write off entire organizations? based on political views of individuals, you're not going to be able to watch sports. And that's true, too. And which is and that's fine. There are lots and lots of really great hobbies that don't involve sports. But the vast... And this doesn't make it okay, but here's what happens, is you've got a lot of people with a lot of money, and in hockey you've got a lot of white people. And these pe- white people with money overwhelmingly support Trump. And... I don't I don't want to throw names around, but like basically there were also hockey players who were wearing Trump socks and like in they were wearing Trump socks, they were you know, tweeting make America great again, whatever. But they were they it was later passed off as, Oh, I was just kidding, I'm Canadian, I can't vote anyway. And there also is that aspect of it where it doesn't really like it affects their lives in the sense that anything that happens in America impacts Canada because we share a very large border and are both members of the international economic community. So, I mean, like... And they get paid in American dollars. And they get paid in American dollars because he plays in America. So... And they most of them would get a huge tax break with Trump taking office. They will. They will get a huge tax break. With because Trump they're millionaires. Yes. That, that's literally the only people who are going to get tax breaks are millionaires. And most hockey players are. Yeah. So... I, there's also that aspect of it where they might not necessarily be misogynist douche canoes. They just might be douche canoes who think that it's funny to laugh at American tears. I mean, who knows? But, and I'm, like I said, I'm not telling you to write off the stars entirely. I'm not telling you to write off any organization entirely because of and the And I'm not indeed, telling you not to write them off either. Because of the political views of individuals. We're also not telling you not to. We're telling you that we understand your struggle. That whatever you decide you need to do moving forward is for you to decide. And don't let anybody tell you otherwise. Don't let anybody make you feel bad about the decisions you make. Mm-hmm. Um, because being alive in the world today is a goddamn struggle. Amen. Especially being a woman alive in the world today. And... Uh, even worse, being a minority and being alive in the world today. Any person of color, any 
religion that is not the majority mainstream. I mean, all of those things are they just add on to making your like your life worse under Trump. And um it's going it's going to be it's going it's going to be an interesting ride. Um so again, I don't I don't I'm sorry that this is not something where I can tell you this is what you should do. This is how you should deal with it. These are the concrete steps that you can take to moving forward with this situation because there just aren't any. Um, I can tell you, don't burn your jersey. That's a bad idea. That's made from very different material than shirts. Yeah, don't do that. Um, so if you decide to get rid of your jersey because you cannot support this person anymore, just put it on eBay. Put it on eBay. Um, although I didn't put mine on eBay. I did not put mine on eBay. I burned it. But then I also cut it up when burning didn't work. Um, because it's actually made of like polyurethane. It was very weird. Yeah, don't burn your jersey. Don't burn your jersey. <laughs> Just don't burn your jersey. I cut it up into tiny pieces and then I threw it away. Because I feel like if I sold it on eBay, then somebody else would be wearing it. I don't want anybody to wear it. I don't want anybody to support Patrick Kane. Um, but, uh, you know, do you need to decide for yourself what what it is that you can handle, what it is that you can live with, and then move forward from there. And it might take a lot of introspection. And some people might listen to this and feel like we're making a mountain out of a molehill. But I don't think that we are. I don't think that... And and, and, and that's it. Like, the, to, the, to that point, if it doesn't bother you, then it, that's your line in the sand. And that's fine. Yeah. Like, you can live your life. Like, we're not saying you have to be bothered by this. We're saying we're bothered by this. And we understand people who are also bothered and by this. And we understand other people who are, are bothered by this. But if hockey is hockey to you, that's, you know, your own privilege to put it there. Yeah. And far be it from us to take your privileges away. So, I, I'm still a Stars fan. I am too. I know there are definitely people on the Stars who don't support my political views. I don't know these people personally. If I... I was not online very much day of election, I should say, which is when a lot of these memes and things like that were found. And I hope that had I been online, I would have been a little bit confrontational about it. However, I can say... I have firmly passed my line in the sand. And while I don't think that it's a particular... Having a political opinion is a problem with the stars, with the an organization. If somebody says, make America great again, and that's their tweet, I can't be like, okay, that's awful, sexist, misogynist, whatever. Trump is, for sure. Sure. And he's clearly condoning what Trump stands for. But that particular... Expressing a political view is not a poor reflection on an organization, on a corporation. Right. If somebody is liking sexist memes or racist memes or, you know, all this shit that came out. Yeah. That's a different... That's, that's a very different kind of political discourse. And that is something that I feel like I personally need to do a better job of confronting. Yes. I, I agree with that. Um, and so it's, that's that's kind of my commitment to myself. It's like, yes, I understand. I will have to live in this world with a lot of people who do not share the views that I share. And I will, don't know who these people are for the large part. But when I see it, I have to say something. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of my plan going forward. So. I agree. <sighs> that was a heavy topic. That was a heavy topic. 
Do we want to go back to, to not heavy topics? <laughs> no, because... No. We don't have any not heavy topics, We really... No, we do. We the do. last couple. We we, sa- we tried to save some for last. I always like to... Sh- I like to sandwich. Like, there's... there's. Well, I didn't get to start off on a happy note this year, or this podcast, but I like to try and sandwich. Right, right. Well, yeah, always true. end up on a high. Um, I will ask this question since you read the last one. Cool. Andrew says, I need reassurance. With all these injuries, can the 2017-2018 season be saved? That's next season, right? <laughs> yes. Okay, yes, it can, bud, because next season we'll have, well, I don't know what will happen with Hemsky, but we'll have Janmark back. We'll have we'll have Janmark back. Um, the interesting thing that's going to be about the 2017 season is going to be, um, we've got a couple contracts up, so I think restructuring how we do our cap is going to be probably the most interesting part. Mm-hmm. Uh, but hopefully Sharp won't be concussed by then. Hopefully oh, Sharp won't. Yeah, he's already he, skating he, again. He's close. Well, he'll be out of contract, too, by then. Actually. Shh. Don't talk about it. <laughs> Patrick Sharp will be here forever. I love him. I love him, too. Though I'd trade him for Brandon Saad. Did you hear that he Yes, was- I did. The frick. Brandon Saad might be on the chop- on the trade block. And we'll so trade did- you... We'll trade you... Jamie Alexiak and a slightly used Patrick Sharp for Brandon Saad. Heck yeah, we will. We'd do that all day. All day. Bye, Sharpie. Nice seeing you. What up, Brandon? What up, Brandon Saad? Do you want to read this section? Sure. All right. Elena asks, I have less a question and more something I'd like to see you address on the podcast or blog. You've talked before about the issue of East Coast hockey talking heads discussing Western Conference hockey without really knowing what they're talking about. This, by the way, was an email, which is why it's going to be a little longer. Well, I listened to the new Vice Hockey podcast from Dave Lozo and Sean Mackindo? Mackindo? Yesterday. I assume it's Mackindo, but... And it was fine, except when they started talking about the stars. Lozo brought up Dallas's questionable start to the season and also our questionable goaltending situation. And I don't have a beef with him on either of those points. But then he started talking as though they're directly connected, which seems like a stretch. Didn't I see you post a chart recently showing that Dallas is actually getting league average goaltending right now? Now, there's no guarantee that'll keep up, but goaltending is not the main source of the stars' problems at the moment. Any thoughts about this? I'd love to read or hear your take. By the way, Elena, you are like, freaking spot on so it 100% is 100 correct not not just our goaltending I, I and mean, it would be disingenuous of anybody to try to pretend like it was dave lozo like i okay so here's the deal the stars goaltending is certainly not the best goaltending in the nhl no and nobody's arguing that nobody will ever argue that but um it's very average it is it is pretty much so i pulled actually the numbers today because you know i try <clears> to pull them every couple of days and five on five the Dallas Stars, as a team, are getting five-on-five five save percentage of 92.29%. The league average is 92.3. So literally right on average. We have literally league average goaltending at five-on-five. Five. Now, Man, we, Philadelphia is not doing well. They have problems. But... <laughs> <laughs> but what is a problem is our special teams. Yeah, I'm sure you've seen it, and um, feel free to ask me if you want to see them again. I'll, I put them out every weekend, the special teams charts. What's happening is we're doing poorly on our penalty kill, and we're doing poorly at stopping shorthanded chances against when we're on the power play. How weird is that? So there are definite chinks in the goaltending armor. 
But no, as a rule, this is not the problem with the Dallas Stars this no. season. Nope. I mean, our goaltending is always going to be a little struggly because that is just the way our goaltending is. Frankly, we wouldn't be 6-6-5 six, six, and five right now if we didn't have league average goaltending. <laughs> Although, I will tell you, so I wrote the recap for the game on, was it Sunday when they lost 6-5? to five? The Canucks? That was 5-4, but yes. Okay, 5-4. So they lost 5-4. The goalies allowed five goals, right? Five goals on like 20 shots? Wasn't it that? Yeah, something so like. So I posted a recap that on, on Defending Big D that just said... D- goaltending woes, d- like stars fall, blah, 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 in overtime. And somebody on Twitter, I'm not going to name names because honestly I don't remember who, but like tweeted back to the Defending Big D Twitter, like, we, like the goalies were great. They're the only reason we were in it till OT. And I was like, they let in four goals. <laughs> what are you talking about? I mean, that, that game was actually really weird, the Canucks game, because... Um, Kari had actually started for the, the Winnipeg Jets game, the, the eight-goal game. Then he started the Flames game and the Oilers game and won both of those. Mm-hmm. And he was fantastic yeah, but in the Oilers Yeah, but then he lets game. in a couple. Well, so what happened with the Canucks game is he was actually pretty good for the first two periods. Mm-hmm. And then in the third period, he lets in one soft goal and then just falls apart. Well, and that's, and what, it, that's, that's what, what happens. Happened. That's what happens. Is he lets in a soft goal and then all of a sudden he starts thinking, oh, I don't remember how to play anymore. And so I think it was a little bit of fatigue, and I think that's why you saw Niemi see get the starts these past couple of times. Uh-huh. Because if it had just been like, oh, he had one bad game, he would have just gone back in. Right. Because that's how that's how Lindy Ruff works. Like, we just already said it once on the podcast, is he just, when something works, he just keeps going. Yeah, literally on this podcast. <laughs> literally this. on this podcast already. So it's not our goaltending. You are absolutely right to bring that up. Uh, don't let anybody tell you otherwise. And... Thanks for listening to the podcast. We do appreciate you. Um, so Jen asks, and I'm going to skip the first question because we already went over it. Okay. Um, she says, what kind of ridiculous behind-the-scenes stars program should Julie Hemsky host? What, I mean, isn't she big into, like, jewelry and stuff? She is. Um, doesn't she design it? I think she is a jewelry designer. So I feel like she should do some sort of, like, QVC kind of a thing. She should host like she should. one of those charity foundation nights where you auction off the stars to do various things. Oh my god, she would be so good at that though. I think that she would be great. Yes, let's have her do that. Julie Hemsky should work. That's what hockey and high heels should be. That's what hockey and high heels should be. Yes. I would I would bid all some, day on that. Pay somebody to mow my lawn. <laughs> pay for somebody to come put all of my bookshelves together so my roommate doesn't have to all the time. <laughs> Do we think the stars would actually... There's a couple stars who'd be okay at that, but there are definite stars I Jason would not... Jason Spezza would definitely be able to put a bookshelf together. I would just... There are certain stars I would not... No, I wouldn't, let, I wouldn't let Stephen Johns anywhere near putting something together. He can carry the shit upstairs. <laughs> there you go. I live on the third floor. I, I, I've always... I will need you for manual labor. I will need you for only manual labor. You can go wash my car. (laughs) There you go. All right. So, Thordis asks, will the stars still be broken in February when I get to see them, and have they acquired the Penn's injury curse? And then somebody responded to this question with um, a possible connection. Oh, okay. Okay. So, here's the connection. You know that Bo Bennett is very injury prone. Yes. And is basically a glass 
baseball player, hockey player, glass hockey player. So he has gone to the New Jersey Jersey Devils and is now currently playing for them and is healthy as as any healthy thing. Right. Who else went to the Devils recently? Vern Fiddler. Vern Fiddler. So therefore, the curse has transferred from Bo Bennett over here on the Penguins. He went to the New Jersey Devils via... Vern Fiddler's continued connections to da- the Dallas Stars because his family still lives in Dallas. And now it is overtaken. And the curse was so large on Bo Bennett. <laughs> That's true. That it has now overtaken seven of our words. Gosh. That was rude, Bo. That was really rude, Bo. Um, will they still be broken in February? I fucking hope not. Well, Hemsky and, and Jan Mark will. Yeah, we're not getting those guys back. But no, but I mean, yeah, the rest of them should be fine by then. Oh, God. No, no more injuries, please, dudes. Please. Yeah. I can't take it. Uh, do you want to read this next one? Sure. Julia asks, thanks to a fan meeting Seggs while wearing a Sid jersey, we know that not only does Sid have a Snapchat, which is amazing considering how bad he is with technology, but also that he and Seggs snap each other. Seggs said that not only does Sid do it, but everyone in the NHL does it, which begs the question, what are each of the Dallas Stars, or any LHLers, NHLers, but I know you guys have a hashtag brand, like as Snapchat buddies? Who has the longest snap streaks? Who's the biggest filter hoe? I would ask who most often accidentally sends not safe for work pictures to teammates, but I think we all know the answer. Uh, yeah, the answer to that is obviously Tyler Sagan. Obviously Tyler Sagan. Obviously. Sagan. Who has the biggest, uh, the longest snap streak? Jamie Ben and Jordy Ben. Obviously. obviously. <laughs> longest snap streak. You know who I think is probably the filter hoe, though, is John Klingberg. Oh, he's clearly. Clearly the filter hoe. Just based on him doing them when, like, doing the snaps for the Dallas Stars. In, and uh, I, I just, I bet Jason Spezza, like, constantly attempts to snap and, like, takes the wrong picture. I bet, I bet he's constantly that guy that thinks the camera is facing forward yes, and it's actually exactly. facing back at him. <laughs> yeah, so you just get, like, like a corner of his eye. It's like nostril selfie. Yeah, like a nostril selfie. He's trying to take a picture of his dog. I mean, like, that is Jason Spezza. I really feel like that, that, is, that is absolutely what's happening there. Yeah. Oh, man. Is there anything else uh, I uh, So, Black Beast says, if you pay attention to them, can you do a pet calendar style rating of team Snapchats? You know, I will say, I say, I say things like this about Snapchat, like I know what I'm talking about. I don't Snapchat. I have technically a Snapchat, but I more like receive snaps and then look at them two weeks later. <laughs> so, I had a snap streak going on of 220 days that... Snapchat broke for me, even though I had kept it going. Jerks. So I actually was so angry about it that I tweeted Snapchat support because I was livid that all of that time dedicated to that snap streak was then taken away from me. So that is the kind of Snapchatter I am. I will send them, but only to like four people. And like, <laughs> I have a lot of friends on Snapchat and I just rarely send them out because like, when I'm Snapchatting, I'm I'm not Snapchatting fun pictures of my cats or anything. I'm, like, Snapchatting, like, my face with a filter on it. Like, it's really boring for anybody who doesn't really know me or like me that much. Yeah, I'm, I, I, I'm just always like, eh, I forgot to turn my Wi-Fi on. I'm not going to bother with this. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, me. 
It just doesn't. I so anyway, not, I think I'm too old for Snapchat. The Black Beast. The problem with us is that we don't actually pay attention to any of the other team Snapchats. The only one I ever look at is the Dallas Stars, and I don't look at that every day. I only look at the Dallas Stars Snapchat when John Klingberg hosts. I it. only look at the Dallas Stars Snapchat when somebody is like, "Have you looked at the Dallas Stars Snapchat today?" And I'm like, "Oh fuck, what happened?" <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I gotta go look at Tyler Sagan being stupid or something. I'm more like, I'll go look at the screenshot somebody took <laughs> of the Dallas Stars Tumblr. Yeah. <laughs> I'll go look at Tumblr and find the Snapchat. Yeah. I'll Google it. Yep. Uh, do you want to ask this last question? Sure. Charles asks, how is Annabelle holding up in these difficult times? So we actually found a primary source document from Annabelle. It's a letter she wrote during her struggles with that we found that we found in a brick of Carolyn's house. <laughs> we pulled it out. She apparently used to live here. God, how weird, weird is that? Did you know that Annabelle was from Texas? Because I didn't. I mean, makes sense, I guess, when you think about it. It does. It does. <laughs> but we have this letter for you tonight, and I will read it for you now. It was actually in a brick of the Alamo. Well, it was in the brick of an Alamo, which is of an Alamo of an Alamo. <laughs> We're not, we're not saying which one. <laughs> not saying which Alamo, but definitely one of them. <laughs> can you read this? I can read this. I can read this. My dearest Patrick, I pray this letter finds you in good health, as the news I've heard from the front has been frightening. Wait a minute. I feel like I should be playing, like, the Battle Hymn of the Republic under this or something. Okay. Do you want to, do you, do you want to cue that up? <laughs> yeah. Sorry. I it just had this thought. Because I was thinking of, like, the Civil War and, like, the, that letter that, like, Sullivan Ballou wrote that is read during the Civil War and the song that's going on underneath that. Hang on just a second. Okay. Here we go. My dearest Patrick. I pray this letter finds you in good health, as the news I've heard from the front has been frightening. It sounds as if the men have been afflicted by a terrible curse. Just yesterday we received word that Colonel Stamkos, Lieutenant Hall, and Sergeant Goudreau have all been struck down. I must confess that with each day that passes I grow more weary of this conflict. What is it that we are fighting for again? Honor? Pride? No, I know. You have your reasons. Still, life goes on here. The sun rises and we work, the sun sets and we sleep, and my thoughts are consumed by a fear that we have lost too much ground. Will our ranks ever be sound again? You are my shining beacon of hope in these dark hours, Patrick. You have my complete faith and my whole heart. Yours ever long, Annabelle. Okay, let's get the U.S. Marines to stop playing that damn song! <laughs> Thanks, guys! Glad you could, glad you, we found that for you guys, like, this piece of history. You are. You're just so lucky. I can't stop laughing. (laughs) I mean, I'm so, I'm so thrilled that we have this, this available. (laughs) This is very special. It's a very special moment on the, on the Deep Heart Hockey podcast. It is. It's historic. (laughs) Historic, even. (laughs) That's all we've got for you today. Thank God. <laughs> I'm Carolyn. You can find me on Twitter at Classlicity. I am Marin. You can find me on Twitter at Marinish. And you can find our official Twitter at Depart Hockey. And you can find our email if you have a longer question, like some of our readers did today, um, at DeepHeartHockey at gmail.com. You can also find our Tumblr at DeepHeartHockey.tumblr.com and our official blog at DeepHeartHockey.wordpress.com. Bye! Bye!
we're watching Star Trek after this. Bye.